Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. And if you're new here, I'm so grateful and happy that you found the show. I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women. And my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that might keep us from living in that highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be a human being. All right, today's episode is going to be fun. This is actually going to be an interview with me, with your girl. <laughs> the lovely Stephanie Whitecross interviewed me for her podcast called The Mindset Management Podcast. So definitely check her out as well. But she asked such insightful questions. She's so kind. I had such a great time chatting with her. So I thought that this conversation would really benefit you all to hear on the Lifted podcast. So I think that's all I'll say. This will just be a little bit more insight into my journey, how I got here. Some more juice. We love to see it. Okay, my friends, have a great time listening. And as always, hit me up on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore. Let me know what your takeaways are. And thank you so much for being here. Hi, Helen. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I'm really, really grateful that you're here. So I, I'm, I would really love it first because I know I've briefly just kind of mentioned it to you off this podcast about how I kind of found you and kind of my journey to looking into subconscious and vibrations and everything. And it's quite a new thing to me, but something I am so ready for and to learn more about it, which kind of led me to you and come across your Instagram page, your podcast and everything. So I would love it if you could just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey and how you kind of came to be a coach and have your own business and how you kind of got into this quite like spiritual world because I'm so here for it and I just know other people will be. So if you're happy to, I'd love you to kind of jump into your journey for us. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. You're such a warm presence. I love it. Um, Totally. So right off the cuff, I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and this has kind of evolved into this reality over the last, I guess, decade, I would say. Um, I, I think I'll take you back to my journey beginning in New York City. I went to pursue music, entertainment, a little modeling in there, and thought that that was going to be my life's path, and I was very kind of focused on that. And as time went on, I realized that, like, I'm a Cancerian, I'm a projector, I like a little bit more of like a cozy life, like travel, yes, but I started to think about, okay, if I want to hustle and pursue music really long term, and I really want this to be my life, is this the right kind of lifestyle for me? Um, very late nights, just like, really intense, you know. Um, and as I started to think about that more deeply, I started to realize that um, I was leaning more into studying spirituality. And Uh, meditation and all of these things. So I just took a pause for a moment. And I took a solo trip to Thailand and spent a lot of time in Chiang Mai for like a month and a half and started to really dive into meditation, spent a lot of time at the temples. And it was the most sacred space to enter, you know, leaving the United States alone. And 
it really helped me to understand the compassionate nature of people and really trust people. Um, as a woman traveling abroad, I know I have a lot of people ask me about solo traveling and camping alone and doing these adventures alone. And I just want to encourage all the women listening. Like it's such a gift to travel like this and to get to know people. It built my trust with humanity so much more. Um, but that's to say, you know, I learned so much from these people who just lived these lives of peace and groundedness and kind of away from the ego that exists so deeply in in the US and that definitely has a place but it really inspired me to dive deeper into this journey because I felt like uh, the people of Thailand and especially you know the monks that were very active there and part of the community had figured out kind of a secret to life and I came back a different person in so many ways. And when I'd left New York, I was kind of doing a show every couple weeks or every month, a lot of rehearsing. I was also working at a startup job, you know, nine to five and uh, doing like event planning there and running around the city, booking out private event spaces, which was really fun. And it all had a place that kind of made sense later in, in my journey. But when I came back, I just felt like I'd hit a point of burnout with all of that. So I decided that the best way for me to continue my spiritual journey was to find a meditation studio to work with. So I ended up joining Inscape as a meditation facilitator. And that in itself was like a monk training because the facilitators, we'd be sitting in these spaces for like up to five hours a day, little breaks in between the classes. And we actually wouldn't be teaching. We would just be, it was, it would come over the loudspeakers. They would have this audio. So our job was to just kind of get people comfortable, help them feel safe. And then we were meditating with them, which was just kind of like, amazing job to find. And I met some amazing people in there. But that completely elevated my path and my understanding of self. It was in that space that I was able to overcome disordered eating, which I'd been struggling with for a long time. Uh, You know, spells of depression that I'd been dealing with since a teenager. And I think around that time, I was like 24, 25, I'm 29 now. So that I mean, I overcame all of these psychological issues with deepening my meditation practice because it helped me to understand myself as the observer and the witness of my experience rather than a victim to my mind. I started to understand thought form as kind of like downloads that come in, but not truly my spiritual essence, which is what was revealed through that. So that kind of discovery process led me into just more curiosity. I just kept following my curiosity with that you know, kind of jumped to, I I moved out to LA and Topanga, which is this cool little canyon section of uh, LA in the mountains. And it was there that I really started to build community um, and started to understand how I could more study healing and study all these different modalities. I started to study a lot of psychology and kind of neuroscience to marry that with the spiritual experiences I was having, just so that I could feel like it was grounded And um, it's funny, the more I learned about quantum healing and science as well, the more I realized that science and spirituality are really speaking the same language. And I think the more that we get into science and quantum physics, like Einstein's theories, everything, you can go in any direction, it becomes more and more magical. It doesn't become more compressed, it becomes more expansive. So Um, I think we're just on a never ending journey as students here. There's so much to learn. It's so exciting, but it was there that I was like, okay, this isn't just a passion. This is something I can turn into my purpose and can actually start to support myself with. Um, I just had this moment where I was like, I just don't want to be in this loop of struggling and kind of doing things that I don't really feel fulfilled with. Um, When I moved out to Topanga, I had shifted into 
having my own business as a website designer and social media manager. And I love the creative aspect of that. And I was working with everybody in wellness, but I still was like, I'm not quite in my purpose yet. I'm doing something I'm good at, but like, how can we get closer to this? Um, so it was really just, I found a lot of expanders in Topanga. A lot of people that were running their own businesses as healers just started to get to know them and understand their blueprint and like, okay, if they're doing it, I can do it too. So what do I need to study and master so that I can start to teach this? Um, started teaching meditation with a couple studios in LA. Then I launched a confidence course. Then I launched my mentorship business that then went from just confidence coaching to business mentorship as well as I've learned to build a business. So that is my long-winded version of how I got here. <laughs> Started from oh spirituality into business. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's incredible. That's honestly so incredible. I That's even more than I thought it was. So honestly, thank you for sharing that. So I feel like, oh my God, there were so many things in there. I think one mm. of the things you, you kind of touched on it, um, kind of straight after you mentioned it, was how you the solo travel of going and being with monks and having that like month and a half there on your own. I know there'll be so many women listening and out there that would just feel like they wouldn't have either the confidence to do it or they would be scared to go out there, like you're saying, and go out there on their own because of the trust and the risk that kind of comes that could come with a solo traveler. Did you have any of those kind of fears before you went and you took that trip? Yeah, totally. Um, luckily, I grew up with a family that, you know, was very adventurous. My parents were always taking us on camping trips. So I've always felt at home in nature, and a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, I feel okay doing that. So thank God for them. However, if you don't, if you haven't grown up in a family like that, I would just say look to other people who are doing it that give you the roadmap. Because anytime I have anxiety about anything, whether it's solo travel, anything, as soon as I make a plan of action, and I map out what the, the structure is going to look like, the anxiety is immediately alleviated. So as soon as I made a plan for like, okay, I'm going to get on the plane, then I'm going to take, you know, a van to get to my hostel here or something. And then I'm going to go here, here are the coffee shops around me here, are the temples I can go to, I studied the culture before going. So I mean, it's just really taking that initial leap of faith, but having a plan so that you don't feel like you're completely like a fish out of water, like alleviates it every time for me. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos of people solo traveling. And it's just like, once you see to believe, it's a lot easier, you know? And yeah, I think just having a plan makes it so much easier. And we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for how resourceful we really are. All I took was like a big backpack of just a few outfits, like some camping or some hiking gear. When I do camping trips, it's a very simple like camping packing list that I just take in a big box and go. And um, I really think when you get out of your comfort zone, just in a little way first, like I know going across, you know, the world to Thailand is a big leap, but like if we can just even get outside in our own backyard, find a local state park that you want to go on a camping trip to, or take yourself to a hotel, do something a little bougie, but just get comfortable being alone in foreign spaces, even if it's local at first, and then expanding outward, because we realize that it's not scary. It's actually incredibly amazing. And people want to take care of you as a, a traveler alone. And like you, and it's, it's so funny because like you go alone, but you meet so many people that you actually have to start setting energetic boundaries. Like, no, I'm here to be alone. Yes. And like, journey, <laughs> and everybody is just so excited to like hang out and everybody's doing the same thing. You meet a lot of other solo travelers doing it too. So um, I never have had 
a dicey situation, to be honest. And I've done a lot of solo camping, traveling to get out to Topanga. I spent two months solo traveling through all the national parks on a road trip. Never had a problem. It was, people are so kind. They're so happy when they're outside in nature. They're so happy when they're traveling. So, I mean, I just saw a quote recently that was like, living a life of trust is a small price to pay for one moment of like distrust that happens every so often. It's like, I'd rather live in that place of open-heartedness and have a little issue once in a great while than give up that open-heartedness, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, and those moments that are difficult always have a purpose as well. So we learn something, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful quote, actually. That's a really mm. nice quote. I feel like your experience of doing that is what so many people, when they say, I'm going to go and find myself traveling, and then they come back and they were like, oh, I kind of partied a little bit. I worked in a bar. They didn't really do it. You actually had that experience. And I think when you talk about a plan, a plan is 100% the thing that was able to help you start that journey. That's amazing. Okay, so where like, where did that passion, I suppose, come from for you to put that amount of effort and work behind it, if that makes sense? So um, to do all of that would have taken a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of belief that obviously you could find results and answers. Like, where did that passion come from, that motivation come from for you? Totally. Are you thinking about traveling and doing that? Or are you thinking about like business and starting this journey? I mean, a bit of all of it, really. But I think that I think taking that first step to do that solo travel. And then from that, obviously, it led on to a whole path of lots of different experiences. Where did that that first initial push for you come from? Yeah, well, I've always just wanted to feel freedom. Like it was really Mm. like, how much do I want to feel free? And like, what is it going to take? What do I need to learn to get to that point? Um, I was just like, I always knew I was just like, I'm not going back to a nine to five. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't live in a city anymore. Right? (laughs) Yes. I was just like, F this. Like, what do I need to do to like make this happen? Um, it, It never even felt like a sacrifice. It honestly never felt hard. It felt very exciting. There were definitely moments of financial stress that I had just like, you know, switching all these jobs around these freelancing things until I really got my business off the ground that were difficult. I think the financial stress was the only stress that I really had once in a while. But otherwise, it was I I was living in heaven on earth. And that's why I like use that phrase a lot in my, you know, communication with people is because I felt like I had tapped into that, especially on the road trip out to LA. It was like one of the happiest times of my life, like waking up with the sun, going to sleep with the sun, cooking for myself, connecting with nature and all these incredible landscapes, like being around happy people, going within, listening to podcasts that I loved as I drove. Like it was just the best time of my life. It never felt hard, to be honest. The hard part was settling down and like and making a commitment to stay put for a minute, which is something I'm still managing. Like, okay, I want to, I love traveling. I always want to be going somewhere. So part of my discipline is actually, okay, stay still for one minute so you can build and grow and then you can go. But um, I think the, the drive, as you're referring to behind it, was just an ambition for freedom. I've always wanted to work for myself. I thought that music in the beginning was going to be that path to freedom and that because I remember as like a teenager, always writing down in my journals, like, 
I'm here to raise the consciousness of our planet. I'm here to help women. It's so funny looking oh. back on that because that has been the through line of my dharma the whole time. I thought that music and entertainment was the path to that. And now as I look back, you know, on those journals from so long ago, I'm like, oh, I was always supposed to be here. Like, it was just all of those experiences have led into this one. So I do think that our purpose kind of evolves and shifts over time. But yeah, I think I'm getting a little off path here. But the the drive. No, I love it. I love it. No, it's great. (laughs) That's kind of my answer. It's just it was always in pursuit of happiness, to be honest, like, what's going to make me happy? I'll do anything for that. I want to live in that state, that flow state. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. That's that's incredible. It's very powerful. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. So I mentioned a little bit earlier about um, a bit like the subconscious and a bit of vibrations and things. Now, I have spoken to so many women who are wanting to start their own business and they want it or they're starting their side hustle to eventually be able to have their own business and and leave their nine to five or their corporate world um but they constantly have these like very much limiting beliefs or oh no one's going to purchase from me or I'm not really good enough at that or I haven't got the confidence to do that how I I know that you talk about subconscious reprogramming and I know that that comes limiting beliefs and and how you can change that belief but how do people go about doing that? How have you got any advice, tools, tips, anything that would just help these women kind of take that first step and kind of start pushing those limiting beliefs aside? So, and a lot of people won't know about subconscious reprogramming. So if you can kind of explain kind of what that is to people so they've got a good understanding and then share any tips or tools that you might have. Totally. Great question. Well, the subconscious mind, really, when we take a look at it, is really formed between ages zero and seven. We're like sponges from our parents, from our caretakers, from our siblings, from the media that we consume. And zero to 14, if you want to really stretch it, we're still in that kind of sponge phase. So all of those subconscious and limiting beliefs that we might have are really traced back to early childhood experiences, what we witnessed as women, if we saw our mothers or grandmothers get silenced or, you know, told to stay small or stay quiet or don't rock the boat or something that gets deeply ingrained in our system. And that's our safety zone. So as soon as we start to, as adults, get out of that zone and try to speak up a little bit or share more, we revert to that safe zone. Because as kids, we've been programmed to say, don't do that. Like, you know, something's gonna, something bad's going to happen. Our system goes into alarm. We start breathing heavily. We just get scared to post or something like that. So the work of subconscious healing is to revisit the early childhood experiences to start to rewrite those stories and those narratives. So something that I do often with clients is I will have them revisit a a particular memory or a time when they were taught that it wasn't safe to speak, or, you know, they had an experience where they had to give a presentation in front of class and they stumbled over their words or they got scared. And what we'll do is we'll have them envision that and flip the script. So they, they see it play out and then they see it again play out in the most compassionate, expansive way. So they'll see themselves like speaking in front of a class and it going really well and being praised and asking for more. And then what I've recently been doing is I've actually been having my clients read to me, like they'll read poetry to me to start using their voice and unblocking their throat chakra, because I think honestly, the fear of speaking and sharing is getting in a lot of our heads. So it's really like so many of those early childhood memories, like I think for women, especially looking back at our mother wounds, our grandmother wounds, what have our 
parents pass down kind of through epigenetics, what has been a belief system that's been passed down and down and down and down? For me, for example, I was raised to believe that uh, depression just ran with the women in my family. I was on, I had clinical depression since I was like eight years old. I was on Zoloft, like really young. And then I got off when I was like 16 and kind of quit cold turkey as I started to study more spiritual work. And I was like, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm not going to subscribe to this belief anymore that I just have depression. I, that's not my story. So, and my mom also broke that chain. So I would just say like the subconscious healing is taking an objective look and observing like, what are the patterns? What are the loops and the neural pathways that run? What are the stories that I tell myself every day? Really taking a look at that, not in it, but objectively. And that's where meditation is super powerful because you get to like stand back and observe the mind and look at those stories that loop. Because I think oftentimes we get stuck in the mind and the looping thoughts and we we take on that identity without realizing like, oh, our spirit is a separate consciousness that can look at that thought form and start to make changes and break the cycle. So with subconscious reprogramming and healing, we use tools like EFT, rituals for inner child healing, work with our ancestors, quantum healing, hypnosis to break the loop and implant a new belief system so that we can restart the circuit in a new, more positive way. And to be honest, that's why I say like, don't skip your affirmations. Affirmations might seem like fluff and like everybody's doing affirmations. Like this is just stupid. It's not stupid at all. It's, it's like 101 because it's rewriting our stories and our pathways and we can upgrade our affirmations as we break through certain barriers. But literally what I do is once in a while, I'll get out my journal and I'll write down on the left-hand side, all of my limiting beliefs at the time. And then I'll write their exact opposites next to them. So if one limiting belief is I can only make, you know, $10,000 a month, it's impossible for me to make more. I'll write the exact opposite. It's easy and effortless for me to attract new clients and make a lot of money every month. And I'll, you know, so that's kind of what I'll rewire for business. I'll do that. And then I'll record that in my voice notes and I'll listen to it every morning as I brush my teeth and I'll listen to it in the car. Um, so that, like I just start to, it just becomes normal to think those thoughts because at first Mm -hmm. it might feel uncomfortable. Like a lot of my clients, it's like self-love that we're working through and their affirmation will be like, I love, honor and accept myself. And when they say that in the mirror, it feels foreign. It doesn't feel true. And they'll come to me and they'll be like, well, Helen, I'm saying this, but it doesn't feel true. And then they'll do it for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I just, I remember getting this message from one of my clients like, Helen, I just looked at myself in the mirror and for the first time I believed it when I said, I love you to myself. And it brought me to tears because yeah. she did the work. The work works and we know what works. I think we we know, but we're like, oh, well, it's not going to work for me. It will, it will, but it also mm-hmm. requires courage to go to these places. And that's why it's really wonderful to have mentors or therapists or whatever is going to work for you to have someone hold your hand through it because we're getting into those deeper parts of self that can feel scary to invite in and resurface. But um, it's amazing. It's really amazing work. And it's deeply fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I the affirmation. So I've got a nearly 18 month old daughter. And I actually started to do some affirmations with her. And I mean, she probably thinks that I'm absolutely crazy, like what I'm saying to her, but I want her to grow up hearing that she is kind and that she's confident and that she is capable and she's strong and all this kind of stuff. And 
it's something that I have started to do just recently. And I think my husband first heard me and he was like, what's what's going on in there? I'm like, affirmations, we're doing affirmations, come on. Like, so yeah, I... I think it's a it's a really good thing to do and I think it's necessary and I love the fact that you shared that story about a client that you had that it showed it's the consistency you can't just do it once in a blue moon and then suddenly believe it you need to do it and practice it over and over again have you ever had because I'll put my hands up to this I've definitely listened to podcasts in the past and I've heard someone explaining something and I go oh that's not me. I've not had that. No, no, that doesn't relate to me. And then I've listened to it more and more. I've heard it from somebody else that I've had to think deeper and think, oh, actually, no, I maybe do have that a bit more deep rooted than I thought. Do you feel like you ever come across people that don't agree with what you're saying straight away? That kind of, no, 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 I had a great childhood. It was really fun. It was happy. I did this. I did that. Do you feel like you ever have that with people and sometimes you need to work a little bit deeper to realise that there was these moments in their childhood that might be mini, like mini traumas or um, just anything that they need to kind of bring to the surface that they maybe don't want to believe? Do you feel like you ever come across people that have that? Yeah, you know, I hear a lot, you know, my parents did the best that they could. And they kind of like, that's the saying, and that because they don't want to speak ill of their parents. But I think the release that happens is that there's this compassionate understanding that we're all human beings. It's okay if your parents weren't, nobody's perfect. It's so a lot of the work is honestly just forgiveness first, opening up that heart space to forgive and be compassionate toward our parents and remember that they once were children and teenagers, and they had us as people that were still figuring it out. And like, so releasing that and knowing that we can hold space for all parts of them and that compassion where they can release any guilt for like, you know, seeing a fault in their parents um, and going in there compassionately opens up the portal for them to explore more deeply. Okay. So here's some things that happened and I'm not going to, you know, blame or wrong my parents. This has just happened. And now it's my responsibility to heal from it. So it's really, you know, not our fault what happens to us, but it is eventually our responsibility to heal from that. So I always just make sure when I onboard a client, like they have, you know, a little interview process or just like they have to fill out a form because I'm like, I need to know that you're really ready to do this because it's you. I will guide you. I will prompt you and I will give you all the resources. And but if you're not willing to come to the table vulnerable and open mm. and ready to be an explorer, it's not going to work if you can't open to it. Um, so now I just make sure that people are ready like, and they're willing to change. Let's talk about confidence. Are you finally ready to activate and embody your highest self? Are you ready to let go of those self-limiting beliefs and step into the woman you've always known you could be? If this feels like a yes in your spirit, apply for my confidence mentorship series. This is a private one-on-one -on -one experience with me for 16 weeks. This is for you if you are ready to fall in love with yourself, feel confident in who you are, trust your decisions, have a clear vision on where you're going, reconnect with spirit, release the past, regulate your nervous system, and overcome your doubts, fears, and anxieties. This is really about activating and stepping into a life that feels more like heaven on earth and promoting that holistic well-being. It's all rooted in confidence. It's all rooted in that self-love. So I can't wait to connect with you. You can find the link to apply in the description below. I'm so grateful that you're here. 
and back to the episode. That's the number one thing. I think one of the most powerful affirmations we have is I am willing to change. People don't like the idea sometimes that their life is going to change. So I'm like, are you willing and ready for your life to change? Do you really want this? Because things will shift and evolve for you. So let's get ready because I think it's really interesting how some people get comfortable in suffering and to leave their cycle of suffering actually feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They can't even imagine what it feels like to feel happier. So they've got to actually be willing to make that shift and and evolution. And I don't want to forget what you asked such a great question earlier about just like women in business are just in life being like not feeling confident or feeling like not qualified to do something. And I just want to touch on that quickly to just remind us that everything is energy. A lot of healers out here and teachers are all teaching the same thing. I mean, I teach very similar things to a lot of other women, but it's energy that connects us. People want to work with me and you and whoever because of energy and a kinship that is found that is not replicable. So our energy is really our currency. All of this client intake, all of these, these are relationships that we're building. They're very Mm -hmm. sacred unions that we're building. It's, it's not, it's how you teach it through your own authentic voice. You could be saying the exact same thing as some else but it's coming through your frequency in a very uh certain way yeah okay so you've literally just led perfectly onto something I was literally dying to talk to you about frequency energy vibrations how does someone who has never really heard of vibrations or this could be the first time so it could be a listener right now that could be listening saying like Steph Helen what are you talking about vibrations and energy and all of this what do you mean how does someone be start to try and become aware of the energy that they are bringing to the room to the table to the conversation how can someone start to learn about that about themselves mm-hmm. I think it's a very simple practice of learning to sit with ourselves alone and in stillness which is like the number one thing, which I find that everybody kind of bypasses in the beginning or or sometimes we don't realize how important it is because it's in that space that we realize that we are consciousness in a body where spirits having a physical experience. So a meditation practice I know can feel daunting to some people, but it's literally two minutes, one minute, just Mm -hmm. sit, close your eyes and just sit there. And what I always like to start off a practice with is just calling my energy back to me across all people, places, and events, and noticing how that literally, you can kind of feel it physically returning to your body because our energy just gets spread out everywhere. So that in itself, calling your energy back into your body, you'll all of a sudden feel and notice that energetic shift. You'll start to have a relationship with your energetic self. It's a bit different. Um, And so I think that's a really beautiful way to start understanding energy, but also just sitting with ourselves and in a practice like this, not trying to not have any thoughts, but just witnessing the thoughts. Because I think as soon as you can start to understand yourself as an observer of your experience, as a conscious observer, conscious awareness, observing your thoughts, that's the key to everything. And I think that is the foundation. And then you can move on from there to start playing with that consciousness. But until we have a relationship with that consciousness itself and what it means to be a spirit in a body and start to explore in that realm, um, we can't really move forward until we kind of are, we can click into that. And so I would just say, you know, as you're listening, you can even pause this, just take a moment and sit, just sit with your eyes closed in stillness for a minute. It doesn't need to be 10 minutes. It doesn't need to be a half an hour, two minutes, 
and just sit with yourself, see what comes up and allow whatever comes up to come up. Um, I always remember, you know, I think sometimes it's scary to sit with yourself. It's like, I don't want to know what's going to come up. I welcome emotions like visitors in a guest house. That's a roomy quote. You know, he says, welcome your emotions and like visitors in a guest house. Know that they are passing through you and welcome them to the table. And then just know that they're going to pass through and say, I love you. I see you. It's okay. What's what's next? Welcome them in and rotate them out. Um, so I think that's where the courage comes in first is a willingness to sit with ourselves. And then a huge part of my journey into spirituality was starting to study my dreams and start to play around in the dream world a little bit um, and start to write down my dreams, notice what was coming in through dreams. And, um, you know, you can even practice lucid dreaming, which is kind of another step. But one of the easiest ways into lucid dreaming is during the day, asking yourself, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? And looking at your hands, am I dreaming? Because in the dream world, eventually you'll start to do that in the dream and your hands will look weird and you'll kind of come to consciousness in the dream and you'll be like, oh, I am dreaming. Something weird will happen like that. Um, and then I think lucid dreaming is, it really happens when you take a nap in the middle of the day because your, your body's like, I'm not supposed to be asleep right now. So I'm off on another topic here, but as we're talking about exploring energy and consciousness, I think the dream world is such a gift that we have to us that I'm not sure we'll ever figure out like scientists will ever crack because it's the sacred gift that we have, um, that comes down through ancient wisdom. People have always studied their dreams and understood the dream world. It's like, it's where our spirit gets to explore and travel. And as soon as I had my first lucid dream, it was like immediate understanding of, oh, I'm consciousness having a physical experience because you feel sensations and experiences in the astral world that have nothing to do with your body. So um, yeah, I love playing with the dream world to start to click in this understanding. And in that world, we can also study like, Astral projection, near-death experiences are fascinating to me because people literally leave their bodies, they go into another dimension, and then they click back into the body. And everybody has really resonant experiences of what this feels like. Same with like studying people who go into a coma or something. They go into different dimensions, and then they click back into the body. So um, I've just felt a lot of excitement and joy studying consciousness beyond the body and and figuring out pathways that feel most resonant everybody's gonna have a different way of doing that but um that's a lot packed in there <laughs> but oh those are god. places to start honestly oh my god I feel like you're blowing my mind a bit like there's some of the mm -hmm. stuff you're saying I'm thinking I thought I was starting to get quite good at understanding some of this and you've just said so many more new things that I'm like lucid dreams I've never even heard of that either so that's another one I'm like right mm -hmm. I need to learn about this too um yeah amazing so how can so for anyone who is a coach or training to be a coach or looking to start their own business and they want to kind of jump into that entrepreneurial world how can because a question that I get asked is they'll go Steph I just no one's going to buy from me like I'm not going to have a customer I'm not going to get a client they're questions that I get so how can people kind of raise their vibrations I guess or how can they put out the energy that's going to attract the right people to come to them so like when you were talking about coaching there are people that are teaching similar things but actually it's about that energy and that connection how how can these women find their clients their customers their future like dream customer what can they do with their vibrations and their energy to try and attract those people 
Yeah, totally. Well, the first thing with like selling is to flip the narrative of like, I'm taking from someone, I'm like selling them because that feels like compressive. Mm -hmm. So I have really done a lot of work to shift my mindset into like, I could literally save someone's life with this work. And you can too. Like just remembering how sacred and necessary your work is. Not only could you change the your client's life, that ripple effect affects their family, their friends, their community. So do not lose sight of what the potency of your work is and why you're doing what you're doing so that it doesn't feel like a grab and a take. This is a gift that you are sharing with the world. It's an energetic exchange and we deserve to be paid for it. And also remembering that like, never assume that someone can afford or can't afford what you're working with. Like let people decide what they're going to do with their money. And if they feel it's valuable to give to you and exchange with you, that's not up for you to decide. Cause one of the blocks that I had was like, Oh, people aren't going to be able to afford working with me. Like cancel, clear, delete. Like, no, there are so many people who have money that they are willing to spend. They're just looking for me. It's a gift for me to make myself available to them. I could change their life. I will change their life. So um, and I also find that like with my own mentors and, and clients that I've drawn in people, when they pay a certain amount in exchange like that, they hold themselves to a higher standard of accountability and they actually put in more effort and more work. So that's why I never like simp out on paying my own mentors very well, because it holds me to a standard energetically where I really raise the bar for myself and I get it done. So um, I think it's good to feel that expansion and, and that exchange. So I think that is number one, just remove this thought of like, people can't afford to pay for me or no, it's a gift. What you're sharing, the act of service mm -hmm. that you are providing is deeply necessary for the vibration of our planet and money as energy is not dirty. It's amazing. Imagine if all of these amazing women healers had more money. We are naturally more generous. We're more compassionate. We do great things with our money. We hire more women. It's like we get into this flow and exchange of rotating money throughout this world in a much higher vibrational frequency. It's only good that we have money. So it's that. And then it's also knowing that all you need to be is like 10% ahead of your ideal client. You don't need to be this ascended master. You don't need to be perfect. You have something to teach from your experience. So if my ideal clients are me, like two mm -hmm. years ago, three years ago, or just 10% behind people who are trying to figure out how to love themselves that I've already figured out that I can give them to blueprint. So what have I figured out? What have you figured out that you could teach? It can be anything. There are people that are like five tiers below me in business and 50 up. It's like, we are all on this kind of scale. People will meet us where they need to meet us. And we have something to offer at every step of the way. So don't wait until you feel qualified, perfect, ready. Like as soon as you feel like you have something to teach and you have a method for doing it, amazing. Um, and then I think there is a, a side to this where it's like, we have a responsibility to be um, qualified in a way. Um, to be ethical with our practices, I think, because this is very intimate work that we're doing as healers or even in business. It's like just to make sure that what we're offering people is honest and based in integrity. So that's why I just make sure that I'm always educating myself. I'm working mm -hmm. with my own mentors. I'm making sure that I walk the talk. Um, I'm getting certified in different things so that I feel deeply in integrity. 
And then at some point it's like, okay, you don't really need any more certifications. You can just go for it. You're going to learn from experience. But that did boost my confidence in the beginning to get certified in some different things to feel like, okay, I can teach this with honesty and integrity. Mm -hmm. um, And I can give them a very great blueprint. So that, and then the last thing I'll say is EFT tapping has been my number one thing. I tap maybe three times, four times a week. I should do it every day. I love Brad Yates on YouTube. I do tapping for safety because safety is the foundation of everything. If we don't feel safe to express, to be seen, to be heard, we're not going to share authentically on Instagram. We're not going to be willing to show up and share our voices. So letting ourselves and our bodies know it's safe for me to express myself is like number one. And um, then tapping for becoming like a client magnet and welcoming in money, like getting comfortable with money as a frequency. So that that those are the things that I go to. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I think there's there's so many interesting points there, and all different sort of styles and techniques that you can use to attract it. And I think it's funny, kind of going back to some other things you said around like money not being dirty, but also the subconscious. I had, um, I'm sure my mum won't mind me sharing this story, but I had this time. So when Friends was on TV every week and it was in England, it was always on on a Thursday. We'd always go food shopping and get our food on a Thursday straight after school. She'd pick me up, we'd go off. And there was these little chocolate covered pretzels. I promise you this is going somewhere. <laughs> What's this going with? <laughs> I love it. These little chocolate covered pretzel things. They were stupidly expensive for what they were. But I always wanted to get a packet and eat them and watch Friends. Now, I was about 11 um, and I really would always had dreamt of going to Disney in Florida. My parents had booked the trip a year in advance. And every single Thursday for that year, we'd go food shopping and I would say to my mom, mom, can I get those these chocolate covered pretzels? And she said, no. And not to be really like sort of tight or anything, she but she would always start this statement of, do you want to go to Disney or do you want the chocolate covered pretzels? I'm like, well, no, I'd rather go to Disney. And at the time, I didn't think anything of that. And I get where she was coming from 100% with that was trying to be responsible with your money. Or she was thinking that sometimes in her own, now I've seen it all these years later, deep rooted that you you can't have everything that you want. Like you have to pick and choose all this kind of stuff. And it was trying to get me to be responsible and not be irresponsible with money and just buy and have every single thing that I want. Actually, through all of this, I've now seen it in a completely different way that actually that has then put into my mind about my, there's not enough money around. You can't have everything that you want. This would put you in a difficult financial situation when it is just only a chocolate covered pretzel. But still, I now see it in a completely different way. And I remember I spoke to her about it and she went, oh, I didn't mean it ever to be in a negative and I was like I know mum like I get it but I have learned that those kind of options that phrase gave me a perception towards money that it there wasn't enough of it or there wasn't an abundance of money out there and that we have to be really careful with our money all the time and we do have to be you don't want to be stupid and getting loads and loads of debt and putting yourself in a really difficult situation but it was never going to be a life or death situation if I got a packet of chocolate covered pretzels but it was a a way that I have now seen completely different the phrases that were being said around money when I was younger carried with me for all the time now and now I'm in my early 30s but I've had to work on that and now I see money in a different way so 
that subconscious around it and looking at money that money isn't dirty it's not bad and actually there is plenty of it out there and it will come to you at the right time from the right people where you will do good things with that money instead of treating that money as if it was dirty money so when you said mm-hmm. that I feel like that pulls in so many different things for me in my own past literally just <laughs> from wanting to go and pick up these chocolate pretzels I would like to add eventually I did get a packet but I yeah uh, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> go home yet. yeah but it's that kind of thing that I often think people might not necessarily realize small statements like that over a long period of time does start to make you think in a certain way that I think when I started my business, I definitely thought, oh, people won't, that'll be too expensive. If I charge that, they won't have the money to pay for that. Or um, why would anyone really want to buy, even though I'd spent, well, thousands of pounds investing in courses and memberships and all this kind of stuff in coaches, why would still anybody want to? And I had to do some inner work for sure and work on that and have belief in that. And, but it's, it's definitely those small things over a period of time, I think, that can build someone's subconscious to feel like, well, I wouldn't be able to have a business because they don't have enough money to pay for what I want to offer. So what's the point in even doing it? And I feel like there's so many women I've spoken to who say stuff like that. And I think you had a dream, you've come up with a reason to not do it, and you've already quit before you've even started it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that happens quite a lot for people. And I remember I spoke to someone who about where I help people create digital courses and sell their sell their knowledge. And she was like, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to sell. I'm not good at anything. And where you say about just that 10%, I always say you just need to know how to get to B. If you've got from mm-hmm. A to B, you don't have to be at Z. You as long as you have got to B, C, D, or somewhere, that means there is someone else at A that will will need your support and help. And this particular woman had a allergy to sesame seeds and really awful allergy. And I remember I I said to her really quickly, I said, well, sesame seeds. And she was like, what? I was like, do you know what restaurants you can and can't go to because of allergy? She was like, yes. I was like, do you know where, what stuff you can buy in the supermarket and what you can't without having to read every single packet of ingredients? She was like, yes. So I said, okay. I was like, that alone would help somebody. Somebody who's just suddenly discovered they've got a sesame seed allergy is having to search everywhere. They're in the supermarket looking at every single packet of food. What can I eat? What can't I eat? Can I go to that restaurant? No, I can't. I was like, you've got that there. That would help somebody. She was like, oh my God, I never thought that that would be something. And I think sometimes it's just trying to get people to realize that they are just that little bit further ahead than somebody else but through their own work, their own experience, their own learning, that they have something to offer. And I feel like that's something I want women to start to learn and realise that we have all got something to offer. We've all learned through something. We've all gone through our own positive and negative experiences. And we have something that we can give to people, whether that's a business or not. I think it's trying to realise that we are all here with a purpose and something to share. And educate someone or help people realize that they're not alone and it's I I love that so everything that you you're all about everything that you talk about everything that you say I'm like yes Helen give me more I'm like yes (laughs) yes yes so I love all of that but I have a few quick fire questions I always like to ask everyone who comes on my show so um one of them is 
Is there an entrepreneur out there that has really inspired your journey or that inspires you now? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. There are a few, you know, I remember my biggest expanders being Lacey Phillips. She is such an expander for me. I love that she has scaled her business to be kind of like total freedom for her. <laughs> she's the reason why I went to, out to Topanga in the first place, but she's helping so many people. She has an amazing online platform that's all around subconscious healing called To Be Magnetic. Um, love Lacey. I love Sahara Rose and how she's built a business. I love that she's like an author and that she writes and that she has like a Discover Your Dharma coaching institute or something. Um, just a boss. I love Natalia Benson and how she marries astrology and business together. So cool. Um, I love Victoria Washington. I love Marley Rose Harris, who's my mentor right now. These women are just so amazing and so kind and so warm, but they also know how to get it done. They put massive action behind what they're doing. And I think this is something to just really communicate and sink in is like, it's patience and persistence. This does not happen overnight. I mean, I've had on my like sticky note goal board here, like have 10 clients at all times scale to this. I thought it would happen in two months. No, it's, ta it's taken me two years to get here and I couldn't have done it any sooner. It's taken me some time to get even more educated, to build my cachet, to get super confident and comfortable and just roll out content like I can now. It takes longer than we think it's going to take. And I just really want to instill that like patience and persistence and just keep going um, and do not give up when you're a year in, you know, that that is a threshold gets crossed at certain points and then you start to expand and then your signature becomes a lot more potent. Um, I look at how I create content now and like how I speak to the camera, it just rolls out of me now. It used to take me an hour to do a reel. I, I have to stop myself from posting so much now. So just want to encourage us that that no, don't doesn't stop. happen overnight. <laughs> don't stop. I love it. I love it. Like, yes. I honestly, yeah. I love what you post. I'm always like, yes, Helen. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. it's And you, you just always come across, like I said to you earlier, very calm. It's, it just makes sense to me when you explain it. It's in a world that's quite kind of woo woo spiritually, lots of different phrases it's sometimes can be a little bit hard to navigate it I think in the early days when you start exploring it and I feel like you make it very easy to understand so no keep posting keep posting um, <laughs> so do you have something you really would love to achieve by the end of this year oh by the end of this year um now let me think about what I want to say and what I've committed to <laughs> <laughs> yes because it's accountability now <laughs> like... yeah well um I plan on launching a group program pretty soon. Um, let's see, by the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, we're in the beginning of the year. I would say that I'll be launching a group program by this time next year. Yeah, um, I had kind of started to go into my coaching with Marley, actually, to get it ready. And then I was like, you know what? I think this time doing one-on-ones for you know, about eight more months is going to be really sacred um, as I develop a method that would work really well for a group. So I think knowing kind of when the right timing is, is really important, but I am, I'm going to stay in the one-on-one -on -one world for probably another eight months and then get into that. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'll say is that by the end of this year, I'll, I'll be launching a group program for sure. Exciting. Mm -hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. I think it's important to follow what feels right for you. 
isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like instead of jumping into something that you don't feel aligned with and you feel like if you're rushing through into something, is that quality going to be there? Like, are you actually going to serve the purpose of the reason why you came up with the idea in the first place if you rush it too soon? So Mm -hmm. no, I like that one. I feel Mm -hmm. like you kind of already gave a bit of this in when I first asked you on these questions, but any advice you would give to anyone who wanted to become a coach or start their own business? Hire a mentor. <laughs> Literally, I've hired mm-hmm. three. And every time I've hired a mentor, um, I make a quantum leap. It's like mentors are cheat codes. They have the formula. Success yeah. leaves clues. We think we know it all. We think it's like, oh, okay, I make a sales page. I do like, no, they, they will give you the formula. I have never regretted an investment in a mentor. So whoever you see that is expansive for you and that's inspiring to you, hire them, get in the mm. same room as them because our relationships are everything. It's like, it really is true. Like who you surround yourself with, you become much more like, and to get into the frequency of someone who is doing what you want to do shows you that it's possible and they will give you the path forward. So um, even if it feels scary to make an investment for the first time in a mentor, that is just like, I don't care if it's me or anybody else, like get in the room with these people and hire them because they will give you the blueprint. And then, I mean, there's just nothing like it. Just educating ourselves and continuing our education, I think is like the most important part of building a business and building confidence Mm -hmm. and having strategy. This isn't, you know, we, we can't really expect to put out like, you know, a a reel every week and just be like, come work with me and just throw it out hoping. And this is strategy that Mm -hmm. takes some time to learn. And it's like, it is very sacred and it's exciting to do it. Um, But getting, getting that down is really, really key and mindset, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'd say about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I really agree because I would put my hands up to think when I first started it, I didn't think I needed to invest in any course, any program, any mentor, any coach or anything. I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I've watched enough YouTube videos, listened to enough podcasts. I've seen enough pages. Oh my God, where it was when I started to where it is now. And it's still growing and it's still not where I want it to be. I've still got, you know, ambitions for where I'd like to see it and goals where I'd like to see it. But having somebody kind of call me out every now and then or kind of helped a bit or kind of said I'm not really sure that that does work or that doesn't quite make sense and I'm like oh I feel like it does and you kind of feel like you need somebody who one when you're paying them they are going to be more upfront with you whereas if you talk to people that are friends family they go oh yeah it looks great oh yeah yeah I love it because they don't want to hurt your feelings or they don't want to upset you and actually you need someone removed I think in a way who can look at something a bit more objectively who when you're paying they also want you to succeed because it has a a direct impact back to them as well right they can see your blind spots and your family and friends are not the experts your your coaches are they're experts in their field they know what works they've already tried and failed at certain things that they now can teach you so I just, I agree with you. I think it's super valuable and uh, there will come a point where we don't need to keep hiring coaches and mentors, but everybody I was mentioning earlier about entrepreneurs that inspire me, I've hired all of them and all of their wisdom is now kind of in my own coaching now and my own mentorship in my own authentic way. But like, these are the teachers that I have learned from and now kind of integrate almost subconsciously into this work. So yeah, it's really valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also, on a completely separate note, the fact that you're a cancer um that for me is the reason why I understand why I'm drawn to you my husband's a cancer my mum is a cancer I some of my best friends are cancers I am drawn oh. to cancers energies all the time I'm a Leo 
So I definitely, I don't know. I think the the calmness, the the generous, the very humble side of the cancer for me is very good because I'm very much into like astrology and all of that and how um, I need the cancers to kind of help bring me back down sometimes. Because <laughs> oh. as a Leo, I can kind of get a bit carried away. <laughs> so and I oh, find that cancers you. help put me in a in a. I suppose it's like, yeah, like a more humble, nice place. So I understand fully now why I've been drawn to you um, because I'm always drawn to cancers because they you always have a very nice demeanour um, and very warming personality. So um, oh, that makes me so happy. Thank no, you. Of I've never met so a true. Leo I don't love either. I love Leos. I love Scorpio <laughs> women. Like you guys, I have like a top three of my Sagittarius. I love too. Leos, Scorpios, Sag. I just love you guys. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. All very very big sometimes can be a bit bossy yeah. I definitely uh -huh. had uh, <laughs> um yeah. my whole life been told that I'm bossy and as a when I didn't work for myself I was a, a manager of a team and or oh, did I have to keep that in check sometimes because otherwise I felt like I could have got it could have run away from me <laughs> well it's probably what makes you good at what you do you know it's a double-edged sword I all, I get the same thing I'm like okay Helen we don't need unsolicited advice but I'm just like <laughs> it makes me great at my job and I'm sure it makes you great at yours too it's like there's here for a reason Yes, absolutely. Oh, I have really loved speaking with you today, Helen. You've shared so much. I feel like I have scribbled down things all over on my notes of things that I want to look into and research. So, and I know that my listeners will 100% have felt the same and have really enjoyed and just valued everything that you said today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. You're an awesome interviewer. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, before we go, I have something so exciting to share with you. I am hosting a free webinar on March 26th, this coming Sunday. Are you tired of feeling lost on your spiritual journey, struggling to feel confident in your purpose and doubting your decisions? Have you been trying therapy and other healing modalities without a lot of success? This webinar is designed for you if that's the case. It's three steps to deepen your spiritual journey and embody your most confident self so that you can finally start to say goodbye to that low self-worth, low self-esteem and anxiety and step into a version of you that is confident loves themselves and someone who is filled with joy on a daily basis. That's what this work is all about, right? So I can't wait to see you there. The link is in the description below. All right. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action after today's episode. Thank you as always for being here. I feel so blessed to have you as a part of this community. And if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you heard today, share it to your stories or send it to them. It just spreads the love. So have a beautiful rest of your day or evening wherever you are. Sending so much love. Bye for now.